humans, it's your host, Julie B, and this is This Hive Howls, where I attempt to break social stigmas about parenting and mental health by revealing some of my most personal stories, as well as sharing the stories of other parents who feel they don't have a voice or a space to speak out about their struggles. So sit back and relax or tie up your walking shoes, and let's get into this week's episode. Alrighty, hello everyone. Um, we are recording today's podcast a little under the weather, so if my voice sounds really groggy and my nose sounds congested, that's because it is, but it's really the only time I have, I think, in the next little while of quiet time uh, alone in the house where I can record. I'm really looking forward to getting a new microphone, hopefully this week or next week, so that's exciting, and I just need to kind of soundproof a little bit more my office because right now it's extremely echoey so I really hope to fix the audio quality on these episodes. Um, So I apologize for the audio audio quality and my voice uh, but I want to jump into today's quick topic. It's it's some things that have been weighing on my mind. So I have um, kind of a list of topics that I want to talk about in this podcast and and dates and times when I want to release them depending on when I'm able to access that part of my brain because some of the topics are like very heavy and very deep. And so I want to make sure I'm in the right space to, to talk about them. Um, but other podcasts are are probably going to be like a little more lighthearted, but still serious in the theme of this hive howls where I will be complaining and whining about all of the crap that moms go through and are expected to be. So that's going to be today. So in the past couple of weeks, um, you know, if if you're new here, I just brought home my second baby, a little baby girl. She's about three and a half months old now, and I've taken her out and about on the town, and we've been able to see all of our family members and a bunch of friends, but it's while I'm out in public that um, a few things have happened to us that I notice that have been bothering me, and there are things that happened to me when I also had my son, who was three years old. Um, when we brought him home and took him out to places, it's kind of like comments that we get from strangers or from people that we know. And they're things that I think no mom really wants to hear because they're not actually helpful. So the first one that bothers me is when people say, enjoy them while they're young. And this has been popping up a lot on social media lately. The uh, the audio and the reel and kind of the posts about you only have like 18 summers with your kids, enjoy the moments while they're young. And really what what people are trying to say, you know, the underlying text there is stop complaining that your kids are little and that it's a rough time now because they're not going to be little forever and you're going to miss this period. And look, I get it. I'm going to miss when my kids are little. You know, my son is three and I already miss when he was three months old. I'm fortunate enough to have a daughter who is three months old, so I get to experience that fun period of time with her again. But what grinds my gears is that you're assuming that parents are not enjoying their kids when they might complain about a rough period. So your kid goes through a sleep regression or is teething and it's it's causing you lack of sleep and you're extremely frustrated and you're extremely irritable and you lean to somebody or you lean to a stranger, or you might be out in public and your kids are screaming and a random person at the grocery store comes up to you and says, oh, I wish my kids were younger. Enjoy them while they're young. 
You're standing there holding your baby in a carrier thinking, all I want to do is go home because I'm so overstimulated that now I, I can't function in public. But what you're expected to do is smile at this person and say, oh, yeah, thank you. You know, thank you for such great advice. No, it's not great advice. And no, thank you. I do enjoy my children. I love them dearly. Every mother does. So if you're trying to tell us that our complaints and our frustrations and difficulties around a certain period or season of our children being little is is something that we must absolutely enjoy 100%, you're making it way more unenjoyable. So counterintuitive. Not only that, you're assuming that like as soon as our kids reach a certain age, we're not going to enjoy them anymore and they won't enjoy being around us anymore. Which for a lot of millennial moms and I think moms coming up in the next generations, for those of us trying to break generational curses and trying to parent in a different way than we were parented, our focus is on creating a relationship with our children so that by the time they reach 18, 19, 20, 25, 30, 35, etc., that we have a strong enough bond that they still will enjoy spending time with us. They still will want to come to their parents' house on Thanksgiving or on their birthday to have dinner. They'll still want to randomly drop by and hang out and maybe help do, you know, yard work in the spring or in the fall. And it's focusing on raising happy, healthy, confident, kind, and charismatic children that love being around people and especially their parents because they feel safe and secure and accepted and loved within the family unit that we know we will enjoy our children for the rest of our lives. So when you say enjoy them while they're little, what you're really telling me is that you feel like you can no longer enjoy your kids now that they're grown and quite possibly they don't enjoy being around you now that they're grown. And that's not the goal that I have with my kids. I have some people that I know in my life who absolutely adore their parents. And now that they are grown in their 30s, reaching their 40s, they still make it a priority to be around their parents and to spend time with them and to travel with them because the relationship bond that was built through childhood is much more important than trying to separate I am parent, you are child, and and creating kind of a rigorous relationship within the household. Obviously, you're raising kids to be functional members of society, but that doesn't mean you don't have to raise them to hate you after they turn 18. The next thing that's kind of been bothering me more lately now that um, now that I've experienced having a baby in the NICU or the NICU is when I hear people tell me in response to me saying that, you know, my daughter spent time in the NICU, the response will be, oh, we'll be, you know, be so grateful that she's healthy now, or you should be so thankful that your children are so healthy now. And I understand the sentiment. I know where you're coming from. And I am grateful that my children are healthy now. I know that there are so many ways my experience could have gone. And the kind of luck that we had in in her only spending two weeks in the NICU and in the incredible support staff that we had there is is unmeasurable. 
I cannot put into words, you know, the gratitude that we feel for the experience that we had and, and the wonderful outcome that we had. But in essence, you're guilting parents into feeling like they don't deserve the healthy children. Because behind the, oh, we'll be so grateful that your kids are healthy now, comes the phrase, because other people have it worse than you. And look, I know other people will have it worse than us. I know that my privileged position to talk about my motherhood journey on a podcast and my issues being minor in comparison to the issues surrounding mothers across this globe puts me, you know, like I said, in a very privileged position. I know this. But if you're going to try to give advice and your intention is to make a mother feel good because they have healthy children, by saying that their situation could be worse, if you're suffering with postpartum depression or postpartum anxiety, which I talked about in my last episode, all you're creating is this thought process in the mom's mind of, oh, you're right, somebody has it worse than I do. I need to be grateful now. My problems aren't as as important as somebody else's. Actually, I don't have problems at all. Why should I be feeling like I have problems? I have nothing to complain about. Why are you talking this way? Like, you spiral the parent or the mother into this dark hole of shame and guilt. And when you shame and guilt somebody, they're not able to function and perform. They're not able to enjoy their life. So saying be grateful, your kids are healthy, causes a chain reaction of ungrateful thoughts, making it very hard to function in being grateful. Like it's so counterintuitive and it's frustrating when people say that. And I was kind of raised in a way that's like when people say something that you disagree with and, you know, their intention is to be kind behind it. Just smile, you know, smile and nod and agree with them and go on with yourself. And I get that. But a lot of me is extremely frustrated because now I, I'm i left to carry around the frustration, the shame and the guilt following that conversation rather than approaching it and telling the person, hey, I understand your intention is nice here, but comparing my situation with somebody else who has it worse isn't going to make me feel any better. And I know the story of my adoption. I know how fortunate I was to have to have ended up with the family that I have because I've met my biological mother and I know her story. And that puts a lot of my life into perspective, understanding how lucky I was to have come out of our situation the way that it did. So I'm well aware that things could be exponentially worse And I don't want to dwell on that, but knowing it does shape the way I want to raise my kids and the way I want to build the environment within my home, because we will have gratitude, we will have love, and we will always, I think, what was the saying? If you are a fortunate person, more fortunate than others, you should be building a longer table, not a higher fence. And my husband and I, really want to live that way like we're we're trying to learn how to build larger tables to invite people to join in with our our families 
rather than building a higher fence to seclude us from the world. And that's what I want to do with my kids is show them like, hey, we're going to extend our table into the world rather than build a fence around our family. So I know most mothers, actually all mothers, are extremely grateful for any situation that they have with their children. But when you hear those things, it doesn't help our mental state. And that's extremely frustrating. And not only is it frustrating in that sense, but it's frustrating in that I experienced a trauma. My husband experienced a trauma. My son, who was two and a half, three years old, experienced a trauma. My daughter, who spent two weeks in the NICU, experienced a trauma. You cannot brush those things aside by telling me to be grateful that my children are healthy now. Because at one point, there was a very real and scary possibility that my children would not be healthy. Okay, that my children's life were in danger. And with my son and that birthing experience, that my life was in danger. So... Asking us to be grateful, even with good intent, does not erase the trauma that we feel. And in actuality, it can bring up those traumatic feelings and emotions. And if we have not worked through them, if we have not processed them, if we have not talked about them with our partners or with our therapist or with our doctors or with our closest friends and confidants, you could trigger very bad emotions and reactions in somebody in public. So I know that I'm guilty of saying these things before I was a mom. And these things are just put into our rhetoric because we hear them growing up. And so we think it's the right thing to say. And I wish I could go back and apologize to all the people that I've said hurtful things to because I wasn't aware and I didn't know better. But, you know, every day I'm trying to know better. I'm trying to learn better. And I hope only that in doing so, I can raise kids that know better and we can hopefully stop that kind of cycle. And then on the heels of, of the conversation about, you know, my, my traumatic births and, and the trauma surrounding my daughter in the hospital, um, the conversation tends to veer towards, well, do you want any more kids? Because that sounded awful. And I'll always say, yes, I do want more kids. And it was the instant my daughter was born. And I heard her crying. I squeezed my husband's hand, squeezed my eyes closed very tightly. Because in my last episode, I mentioned that I had experienced a miscarriage in between my two children. So hearing her cry and scream out was like, okay, she's actually here. This is wonderful. And immediately following that thought was a sense of relief. And then the idea that I know this is not my last pregnancy. I know this is not my last child. I know that I want more kids. And I kept thinking that the whole time we were in and out of the hospital while she was in the NICU. I knew that regardless of the hardships we were going through, that we wanted more kids, that I wanted more kids, that I could do another cesarean section. You know, I could have three major surgeries to grow the family and build the family in the life that we really want and that we would love to have. So when I respond with, yes, I want more kids, even after experiencing that trauma, the response back to me is, oh, really? Well, like, why? 
it's either that or they just say, oh, really? And they question my, my stance on it. I guess they question my confidence in knowing that we are capable of growing an even larger family. And when they question it, that really pisses me off. <laughs> I don't know how else to say it. I want to be like, you know, PC here, but it actually pisses me off because it's like, look, just because your life, your circumstance, your situation, your wants and needs maybe dictated that you had one child and you were done, or you were two and through, or maybe you don't want children at all, does not kind of give you the right to question anybody else's decision to continue to grow their families. So I come from a family of two. My husband comes from a family of six. And just because I come from a family of two, I actually have a large extended family. So there was a lot of cousins and a lot of kids growing up, and I loved that sense of community and family. My husband's family as well. There's a lot of people around, and we love the closeness that we share. We love having the cousins and the siblings and everybody gathered around the table. And so when we started dating and closer to the point where we were getting engaged and about to get married, we had discussed having a large family. It's something we both wanted and both loved. And I will say this. It's extremely difficult being a parent, if this podcast is not proof of that enough. It's extremely difficult dealing with our frustrations when we have a lack of sleep and we have no patience and there's a million things on our to-do list, but really all we can focus on is the screaming of the children. Like Those things are hard. We know that. But that doesn't mean we are going to stop growing our family because we want to have more kids. So every time I'm questioned about whether or not we're going to grow our family, I'm just sitting there thinking like, stop trying to impose your perfect ideal view of a family onto us. You know, I have my struggles. I have my mental health struggles. I battle with them every day. And I am constantly working on myself to be a better person, to be a better mother, so that way I can have my children grow up in a home that feels safe and secure so that way I can help raise my children to be like I said in the beginning of this episode functioning members of society who are compassionate and charismatic caring smart you know all of the things that we want our kids to be and yes it's hard work but that doesn't mean I'm gonna stop having kids just because it's hard work I don't want it to feel like an attack on anybody who's listening who who has said, you know, things similar to what I'm I'm complaining about here today because it's not. These are just thoughts that I've been having over the past couple of months about things that I've heard said to myself, but I've heard them said to others and I've seen them on social media as well that the collective motherhood of people on social media are also complaining about hearing these things said to them. And I don't think it's fair, but I'm not blaming people for having these thoughts or opinions around motherhood and parenting, because as I said, this is just the rhetoric that we grew up with. So until we change kind of the narrative around parenting, and until we really develop a community of supportive mothers and supportive parents, and supportive services that are funded by our governments, 
then I think this is going to be the feeling that we have, that parents have. We have these feelings of frustration and anger and feeling pissed off when we hear phrases that are meant to be supportive and inspiring and loving with good intent, but actually have, I don't want to say sinister, but actually have a deeper meaning behind them that is not filled with good intent. And so I'm starting here with trying to bring to light that these things are frustrating. They can be hurtful. I'm taking accountability for the fact that I have said them myself. And hopefully, you know, if somebody's out there listening and they realize that they've either said the same things or they realize that they have been told the same things and they haven't quite been able to pinpoint their emotions around them, hopefully you hear today that like, it's valid to feel frustrated about these things and try not to turn around and attack the other person. But I think what I'm going to try and be doing is recognizing when these things are, are said to me or when I see them on social media, how it triggers my emotions and myself. I'm going to try and regulate my emotions, understand my trigger and heal those parts of me. So I feel comfortable then creating a conversation with the other person around why the narrative needs to change or why those kinds of good intentioned phrases are not actually given with good intent. And, you know, if we could all learn from each other and build a better community and and change the narrative, then I think I think that's one step forward into building and creating a society that we really want our kids to grow up in. That's it for today. Those are kind of the things that have been weighing on me. I just, I really hope that if anybody's feeling like they've been silenced because they have been told these things and they're holding on to guilt and shame, that you can maybe take a deep breath and go back to whoever may have said these things to you or even work it out within yourself by writing it down in a journal or, you know, talking about it with your partner or your best friend that why these things bother you. I hope it allows you to relieve those feelings of guilt and shame and frustration. And if you haven't already, um, head over to Instagram and follow me there at this.hive. And if you're not an Instagram person and you're more of a Facebook person, I have a new Facebook page. It's called This Hive Howls Podcast. You can like me over there. Um, I'll be sharing more information about each episode and upcoming episodes, as well as uh, sending links to places where you can listen to the podcast. I hope you have a great rest of your week, a great weekend, and don't forget to drink some water and get some rest. And while the weather's still nice... Get outside and get some of that beautiful sunshine on your face and take care of yourself. If you've liked what you've heard today, don't forget to subscribe and follow. Also head on over to my blog page and give me a follow there. And for more silly and serious mom content and life updates, spot me on Instagram at this.hive. All the links are in the episode description. Till next time.